All right. So last we left off, you had dealt with a boar, sacrificed it to the goddess of goodness, Mitros, much to the delight of everyone else there, including your poet friend. Then you went back to the inn, the Sour Vintage, and partied a lot, made some friends, woke up, everybody woke up on time, (laughs) entirely of their own volition. (laughs) (laughs) And then you made it to the temple, found that there were these blue cloaked and golden clasped soldiers who are part of the Order of Sidon. It's something that everyone shouldn't know, at least who's native here. It's like, they're out and about, they exist, they enforce the will of Sidon. And some people are okay with that. You learn that they were keeping Versi locked up and imprisoned here. And then you just kept pushing forward, running into every animated object oh that existed. <laughs> uh, which was pretty great. Swallowed. Not gonna lie. I really enjoyed when you walked in the middle and I was like, I'm like, are you, are you sure you walk there? And you're like, yes. All right. <laughs> rug attacks you. Rug attack. <laughs> You're wrapped up now. And yeah. The the water hag Helica came out and was like, who's in this cave interrupting my nonsense? And then you just uh murdered her in cold blood for no reason at all. She could have been friends with Versi. They could have been just like hanging out. Not anymore chilling out. I mean, Versi's account is that that's not what happened. But you had no way to know. We just get over to Versi and she's like, have you seen Helica? We were having this wonderfully deep conversation. I was telling her all about you guys but she was so excited to meet you. So you you then went over to where Versi is and Versi like embraces Nehmet and that's where we'll come back in. Lend us your ears and rejoice now, for we are the chosen of Versi. gonna like move over to her have her move into a larger space so you can all fit and i'll have to stand in knee deep water i will unwild shape next night is good exactly where he is let's go talk to this oracle okay talk to oracle she's gonna get everyone to move back to the main area where the rug where her beautiful rug has been animated against its will and torn to pieces by I, I think it was mostly swords. I think you guys were mostly stabbing it, so And Nehmet will will not leave her side. Versi fully... does not let you leave her side anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> I bet her grapple check is better than yours. Uh... 
Okay. That's terrifying. What's Kyra doing? Kyra is just kind of chilling out on the side, excitedly waiting for Verisi to fill you all in on the important plot points. And she she thinks of it as plot points. <laughs> so Verisi just kind of like gathers you all around and says, ah, welcome heroes. I'm so glad you were able to rescue me in time from that wretched hag. I must say, the times are troubling. There is much that we need to discuss. I have individual, I have information that each of you will find helpful. But first, for everyone here gathered around, she starts to inhale like all the, like the mist and fumes from the hot springs, kind of just like pull into, like she just kind of pulls it into her body, like almost way, too, like she inhales way more than like a lung amount of air. <laughs> Uh, as she like stares into each of your eyes, she says, you warriors who stand here gathered will be tested. The fates have revealed three great tasks that must be accomplished before you're ready to sail into the three seas and face the titans. You must shape the silver fires of the Lost Forge in order to craft the tools that you will need. You must claim the mighty weapons wielded against the titans by the first dragon lord, and you must drink deep from the bottomless dragon horn, for it will reveal a vision that I cannot see. But woe unto thee, for I have seen the end of all things. My father's anger cannot be quelled, and his sister schemes even now. Your quest may yet fail, and if it should, the sky will rain black fire, and the doom of Thylea will sure to come. Then each of you individually start to hear her speak into your minds. Everyone hears different things at once, but it all happens at the same time. Hopefully this has helped you all. I'm sorry that I cannot help you more, but I must rest. And you all need to embark and accomplish your labors. My attendant, Proteus, will know more if you wish to ask him. He can help guide you. I'm sure Kyra also knows many things of the world. And then she will release Nehemetwit with another embrace and head back to her cave. You can see that she's kind of like She's not entirely steady. She's kind of limping a little bit, but she seems like okay. After Versi has left, Ato kind of glances around the party and claps a hand on Nechmet's shoulder. So Versi tells me that your path also takes you towards the necropolis. Yes. I am to retrieve my armor there. I see. I'm to, to meet a sage there who may know more of my condition. He looks at the, the rest of the group. Where uh, where do your paths take you? Nausicaa's just going to be like staring blankly into like 
nothing. Nehmet is also kind of staring out um, into nothing. Um, he's weighing weighing some of the other things that, that Versi told him. Because of the mask, you can't really see pretty much any of Ilva's face. However, those who are perceptive enough can probably see just small little, like, tears dropping down right around where the mask ends. I think I'm to head towards Astoria. Where is that in relation to the Necropolis? Ato would know, but Billy doesn't actually remember, I think. It's, like, roughly on the way to the Necropolis. I guess Astoria is kind of on the way to the Necropolis, but also Pyra kind of chimes in and is like, ah, the Necropolis of Xander, it's a uh, dangerous place. I would not recommend going there immediately. There are a couple other labors that you can do, if I understand Versi correctly. Ariel is beaming, and she's like, I'm going wherever that bitch my sister. What? Versi's sister. I need to find her. I didn't know Versi had a sister. Neither did I. Versi does not like her sister. She spoke not of her. Versi's the black sheep of her family. Versi does not speak often of her sister. They don't have a very good relationship. I can see why. What did Versi tell you, Kyra? Oh, we've spoken before. There was nothing that she needed to tell me. Do you have something you'd like to tell us? I do have some thoughts on what these great labors could be if you wish to know. Yes, if, if you deem the necropolis too dangerous, we, we could find the, the quickest way to prepare ourselves, whether that is in Astoria and gestures to Ilva or elsewhere. That is where I would recommend going first, at least. There is a old friend there who could give us some great assistance in your labors. I believe he will be very enthusiastic about your arrival. Will you be coming along with us? Oh, of course I will be. I am here to watch and document our travels. Kyra is like, I see that we, we already have a wonderful poet in our mix who has put in a lot of effort already composing a poem for all of you. I have composed many poems as well, and I think it's time for me, Kyra the poet, to retire. Instead, there was something that I learned from a traveler from, I'm not sure where she was from, but she gave me this thing and she pulls out a, a book. All of you have only seen scrolls. This is like, a, it's a, basically a bunch of scrolls laid together, bound by leather and wood that's like clapped together. This is such a fascinating device. It's like a scroll, but better. I think I will write something called a novel. I don't know what that word particularly means. It's very new. But I think I will try to find this traveler who gave this to me and show her what adventurers and heroes from Thylea can do. Well, if there's nothing left for us to do here, I suppose we should move on. Are you sure you don't want to spend a little bit more time here? I have a feeling that I'll be coming back after all of this is done anyway. And he starts walking out. Ato follows. As does Ilva. I made a minor interesting revelation. Uh, Thylea is about the size of Greece, not a continent. So it's a lot smaller than 
I originally anticipated. <laughs> it would probably be around midday instead of like kind of evening that I said last time. So you still could have some time to travel to Astoria. Kyra mentions that she knows a great place to stay along the way. Well, maybe we can ask of the temple for supplies and then make our way there by nightfall. Does does this place that Kyra recommended have a name? Uh, not a name. She says it's not a tavern or anything. It's just a couple of people that I know. They own, they own a vineyard. They're good friends of mine. Okay, so if you want to talk to the attendants, they're all up here in the Oracle's Temple. Kyra will move to the entrance of the temple. If you guys want to talk to the other attendants, you see them there cleaning up a lot of the bodies of their friends um, and are setting them to burn on the pyre. Nehmet goes up to Proteus and he's, he says, um, Versi tells us that you have information, that you might have information for us. Are you going to tell him of the, like, of the prophecy that Versi spoke of? Because he actually hasn't heard it yet. No. He, says, he goes up and says exactly what he says. Well, Versi believes in you, then I probably should too. However, I think future of Philea is bleak at best. But hopefully you all can be beacons of hope. Versi certainly <sighs> foretells it as so. For you to succeed, I think you must seek neither fame nor fortune in your travels. But you must understand the true meaning of heroism. So go now with the blessing of this temple. And he passes over a couple bits of supplies that you could need, like probably just a couple rations. That's about all that he can pass over. They don't have a lot here. They kind of, they live pretty Spartan lives. Is there anything you wish else to ask of him? Or anyone else wish to ask of Proteus? I think I'm good. I'm good. Hmm. Get on with it! Didn't didn't you say that she said that Proteus would tell us where to go? Yeah, if you give her the information of what Versi said. Proteus doesn't know the... (laughs) Okay, then he tells tells him the goddamn prophecy. Okay. Great. Well, I believe that the armor and weapons of the Dragon Lords would be in the Necropolis at Telemach. That's where I think they would most likely be. It's to the west of Astoria in, uh, in the Mithril Mountains. As you probably understand, they are the tomb of the Dragon Lords long dead. Nehmet nods. Proteus then is like, if you're going to the Necropolis, you can you should take this and he gives you a a different type of golden coin it's much older it has a dragon's head on one side and the head of one of the dragon on the other side and says keep this safe you'll need it would that be the head of esther or estor you actually you know you would recognize it as the head of xander some of your memory starts to come back and you can see Xander's face. Nehmet like rubs his thumb over it and he says, ah, interesting. Probably would recognize the other side. The dragon re- resembles the dragon that 
Xander rode into battle, but you cannot remember the name. It was like a very large silver dragon. Thank you. I have a feeling this will be useful to me. He recommends that the Silver Forge likely references the Mithril Forge. Uh, the only thing Proteus knows about it is that it's beneath Astoria. And then the Horn of Balmitria is its a literal dragon horn. And that is not, it's not known where the horn is. It was lost uh, sometime between the coming of the gods and the present day. Mehmet walks off. Oh, I read, I read this wrong. Man, I should probably read everything front and back instead of forward, backwards, middle. The horn is in Astoria. The dragon was lost in the battle against Gigans. However, the horn from her is in Astoria. There's a reliquary within the city. Kyra like comes into Proteus and is like, nah, 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 nah. You're wrong. It's here. Then we head to Astoria. Is there, is there a path you know of to get to Astoria most safely, Proteus? There's a road between... I believe you met Kyra at the Sour Vintage. There's a road from the Sour Vintage to Astoria along the countryside. I'm sure Kyra has taken it many times. And Kyra's like at the doorway to the temple going like gesturing with her arms like above her. It's like, let's go. The moment Astoria was mentioned, Nasca's going to like snap back and go like, all right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's uh, get going. All right, everyone to Heartland. So it's around afternoon time, and you're at the Temple of the Oracle. Kyra leads you, assuming you don't want to do anything else, Kyra will lead you back to the road and continue on the way to Astoria. Is there anything that any of you wish to do when you speak with her? Anything you want to bring up? Well, I guess after they've been traveling for a little bit, Mehmed is, you know, writing, and he has he has this scroll, and he says, uh, "Would anyone like to hear of the journey so far?" Absolutely, sure. Yes. Let's hear it. So Nehmet looks around at everybody, and he says, "Versi has charged me with knuckling the journey. She wants me to write of an write an epic, and come back and tell her of our adventure when I when all of this is over." And ever since meeting all of you, I felt a strike of inspiration. And so this is, this is the first of what I've written so far. Lend us your ears and attention to this most wondrous of epics. Champions called by the Oracle gathered to constitute their quest. Nausicaa, Nehmet, Ilva Eto, and Ariel have come, bearing a round of the finest of wines, treating the drinkers of Mitros. He looks over at Kyra, met by the goddess of music and mischief disguised as a poet. Their first task was a simple one, slaying a rampaging wild boar, one of a Manthean caliber, monstrous and foreboding, so-called. Eager to rest for the journey forthcoming, the shield monk called Eto slept in the street in a tent for the night as Ariel reveled. She had no need for a tent in the street when a room could be shared with those who would buy one for love of her elegant features and splendor. What a, what a wonderful poem, Nehmet. 
That was that's that was amazing. Jacob is very impressed by the poem, even if it says nothing. <laughs> I am also impressed with the poem. This is like as much work as DMing. That, that might be more work than DMing. <laughs> uh, shortly after you uh, speak of the poem, Kyra then is kind of like, you know, I've been thinking about what that Proteus said, and I think he's got it all wrong. I think you're all wonderful heroes. You should be trying to win fame and glory beyond your wildest dreams. It's what all heroes do in their path to immortality. These great labors are just the beginning. The path ahead of you would be filled with opportunities for winning fame. If you uh, truly manage to rise above your fate and confront the titans, then poets will sing of your deeds for ages to come. Poems just like the one Mehmet is composing. I think that you all should swear an oath of fellowship to bind yourselves together as a group so you all share in the fame and glory and that none of you overshadows the other. After seeing how everyone is able to hold their ground against both the boar and all those fucking animated swords and doors and rugs and bullshit, Eto's growing a little fond of, of the parties respecting their fighting spirit and he will happily swear the oath. I am Eto. And I swear upon my life and my honor that I will uphold the oath of fellowship with the warriors who stand here beside me. I am Nausicaa, and I swear upon my life and my honor that I will uphold the oath of fellowship with the warriors who stand by my side. Well, if I've sworn one oath today, possibly another couldn't hurt. I am Nehmet Silvertongue, and I swear upon my life and my honor that I will uphold the oath of fellowship with the warriors who stand by my side. Oh, fuck it. I've been doing this alone for about a month now, and I've made, made no progress. I'm a stranger in a strange land, and I'm pretty sure the only way I'm making it through this is with another pack. Very well. I am Ilva. I swear upon my life and my honor that I will uphold the oath of friendship and the warriors who stand by my side. Arya looks around and like, uh, okay. I'm Arya, and I swear upon my life and my honor that I will uphold the oath of friendship with the warriors who stand by my side. <laughs> is that okay? Kyra claps and is like, excellent, wonderful, love it. Onward to glory. Do we feel anything happen, or did we just we just all talk? You all feel a warm, fuzzy feeling in your side. If we were at a table together, I would have you all drink at once. So let's just pretend to toast at the same time. So what I'm hearing is this oath doesn't level us up. So what I'm what I'm saying is <laughs> you all have fame level two at this point, and you all share in your fame if someone is. Does, goes off and does their own thing and becomes very famous for it, it reflects well on everyone else. Consequently, if someone goes and, I don't know, commits treasonous murder, it will reflect poorly on all of you as well. And breaking the oath is done by, you know, PvP. <laughs> <laughs> does anything happen on our journey to this vineyard where we're staying? Yeah, give me... Well, I mean, dust starts to fall. Kyra is very pleased. 
it starts to get kind of late and you've been walking for another couple hours. As you come across the road starts, you see there's a lot of farmland that starts to appear. Vineyards and uh, fields of wheat and other feedstock. So I guess there is a couple interesting things to note as you travel along. The air is very dry as opposed to a couple days ago. There's kind of a feelings of drought in the air in this as you travel further west. A lot of the farms seem to have limited supply of like all of them are starting to wilt and die or at least not reaching peak harvesting points. Kyra brings you to a small hut. The winds that are around you start to like pick up and she kind of like huddle pulls all her scrolls closer into her so none of them fly away and brings you to a single hut outside of uh in front of a vineyard along the road. She knocks on the door and a a middle-aged woman uh, opens and greets Kyra with a friendly hug and a smile and invites all of you in. The house is small, but it seems to have spare rooms for all of you uh, should you need to stay the night, which you, you know, probably will. Kyra introduces each of you. It's like, this is Nasaka, this is Eto. Nehmet, Ariel, and Ilva, as she gestures to each of you in kind, and then gestures to the assembled family. She says, this is Pelagia. She gestures to the middle-aged woman that greeted her at the door. Pericles, uh, there's a slightly older man. Uh, he's very stocky with a large, full black beard. And there are three children, Eratos, Ara, and Karina. And as she gestures to Karina, who is a teenage girl, similar dark hair as her father. Then there's Eratos, who's the a younger son, seems to be the middle child. This, he is looking, he has stars in his eyes as he sees all of you with your, especially Eto and Nausicaa, with your armaments. He is very intrigued. Uh, and then the youngest daughter appears to be probably not even double digits in age, but she kind of quietly stands beside her mother and like sheepishly waves at Kyra. Pelagia then invites you all to come sit down, come sit down. I've made extra for the night. Please share a dinner with us. On entering the house, Eto bows to the family and says, thank you for, for your hospitality. Yes, thank you so much. We gladly give it to anyone who's a friend of Kyra. The chosen, the chosen of Versi, thank you. You see Pericles kind of like eyes widen a little bit, kind of like, ah, we are in the presence of heroes tonight, even better, even better. Come, stay. Enjoy our fine food and wine. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Please, heroes like yourself, you must share of your deeds as you kind of like eat your food and Everyone kind of like sorts out where they are. Karina kind of uh, hangs by Karina and Ara kind of hang by Kyra, though Ara kind of like looks over at Netmet is like, "Do you have any instruments that you openly wear at all?" Yeah, he's got a lyre. Okay, she kind of she notices your lyre and is like very intrigued by it as well. Uh, well, Eratos is still very interested in the two warriors of the party. 
So, Nehmet, would you like to share any more of your tales? Others woke early by sunrise, but Ariel needed some more time. Luckily, Kyra was there with a bucket of water to rouse her. Frustration poured from fair Ariel, casting a sleep spell. Fuck off! Kyra, unfazed by the magic and rearing to cultivate good time, rouses her sleeping companion to join in the briefing discussion. Joined by red-shirted Jabin and Tenius, hunters of great skill, off on the hunt did our heroes begin on the search for their quarry. Deep in the old woods the party incurred when they stumbled upon a griffin who'd slaughtered a cohort of Mitrian soldiers, a lost cause. Quickly and quietly skirting the griffin, our heroes continued, following signs of the carnage the creature had wrought in its passing. Stolen away in the cave was the boar, steadfast was the planning. Jabin suggests that they set up a trap for the thundering creature. Nausicaa climbs for a vantage upon the facade of the cliff wall. Perched on the entrance and ready for combat, she knocks her first arrow. Eto and others elect for a slope and observe the first kill. Jabin is quickly dispatched by, a ch by the charging monstrosity when it springs from its den with a furious speed, and the hunter was too slow, gored by its tusks and then tossed in the dirt like a ragdoll or rubbish, leaving mysterious Ilva to face the disquieting demon. Meeting the beast with malicious intent did she grasp at her grinning wolf skull, speaking a strange incantation in tongues unknown. Her masked eyes glowed with a yellowish light, and she ripped at the boar with murderous talons of magical kind. And so thrown were the dice rolls. Trapping a beast of such grand size proved to be useless, so Nehmet let out a string of malfeasant and baneful remarks with his magic. We'll make bacon of you yet, foul beast! Tremble before us. Breaking the spell with a huff of its breath, the enraged boar set its sights on the slope while Kyra was concealed to compose from a safe spot. Ilva was quick to distract from the group with a gale of bewitched flame. Tempered by anger, the boar is unfazed and turns to the party. Seeing the beautiful Ariel rush toward the embankment, holding her ground with an elegant grace, stopped fast was the boar as Nausicaa winked from above with an arrow that stuck in its right eye. Pathetic, Ariel coughed with a ray of bubonic affliction. Nehmet tumbled away with a spell to the archer for strength while Eto the shield monk engaged with the boar with his spear, but its hide was too thick. Turning from pricking advances to Nausicaa eye thief, doubling in speed as the giant advanced, then at once had it reached her. Standing affront the destructive colossus, she sputtered her clean shot. Ariel quickly replied with a bolt of beguiling flame leaving a scorch on its flank, while Nehmet set to his spell work, whispering dissonance into the mind of the boar to be plagued with nightmares. Balking at the magic again in resistance, the boar was undaunted. Tenius fell next, victim to galloping hooves, he was crushed. And falling again on the boar came the shield monk called Eto with a war cry, ramming his spear in its gut. Yet tragically, Eto was thrown aside, with a thunderous gore as the devil rebuffed his attack while holding a steadfast position. Ilva was there in a moment, stepping in front of her fallen accomplice with venom outcrying, Swiftly to death we will bring you, vile beast! Guarding unconscious Eto with favor, she calls to him, Get up! Of the assembled, you are the single companion I've started to like! As the boar proceeded, releasing a roar with a magical outpour of panic, tainting the judgment of Ariel, thinking poor Nehmet a villain, striking his face in confusion while Nausicaa lines up her next shot. Bolstered by magic from Nehmet, 
finding her target with keen eyes, loosed a harpoon at the beast, thus claiming his left eye as well. Rumbling and battered by damage, the fierce Aramanthian fell dead. When you finish, the family is just like kind of stunned in the beauty and heroics of all of you. And it like lets out a great applause. Then Eratos will kind of like push Ato and like, hey, do you mind showing me some, some of your moves? And like pulls out a really small, it's, it's basically a dagger, but in his arms, it's like a short sword. Uh, and is like, hey, you want to like basically spar a bit, kind of just over in the living room? Yeah, Eto will. Yeah, yes, I'd be happy to spar with you. And he notably leaves his spear in the dining room. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just don't want to skewer the boy? Are you sure? Beat the kid up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will very. I'll be very careful to like. I won't make very many advancing attacks. I'll mostly be on the defensive. Mm-hmm. He just kind of like. He's very young, and they don't train them like they do in your hometown. <laughs> so he doesn't have nearly as much skill as you did at, the, at that age. But he shows some promise, with a lot more work. <laughs> and maybe like 10 more years. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. But your very your uh, kind of kind treatment of him leaves the parents very happy and excited, and they like hug the boy and... <laughs> bring them back into this is all like happening while everyone's just like slowly feasting well we're sparring all give him tips and stuff and, like walking through some kata and stuff he hangs on to every word that you say <laughs> does he seem like bored when i if i'm talking about like feeling the flow of your energy and like going through very like kung fu like, oh oh no he's he's all into it okay <laughs> he's like ah a warrior excellent <laughs> he's giving warrior talks I feel like I would preach that a lot. Like, go through, know your movements slow so that you can execute them quickly. Then a little bit later, Pelagia and Aura both kind of say, now here, Kyra, these are for you. And they each start to play uh, some songs. Pelagia pulls out a small harp and starts to play a beautiful song about the stars guiding travels across seas unknown. and. Her performance is short, but Pyra applauds it all the same. Then Ara, the seven-year-old girl, comes out with a lute and just <laughs> plays her fucking heart out. And shreds it. She... Oh my god. Play Eruption! If you would all like to each... It's like this beautiful, heartwarming piece that brings each of you back to your youths. Play if you would like about. to... Each kind of narrate like a short little what happy memory from your childhood you have. Uh, someone else go first. Nasca will rem- re- remember the first time she ever like shot an arrow out of a bow. Mm-hmm. Were you being guided by a family? Yeah. Ilva remembers a time where she and the she and the twins got into trouble trying to steal some berries from the various farmers. 
in the in the middle of the night. Are we saying these out loud, or are we just We're just reminiscing? Okay, they're more for the players than the characters themselves. Okay, well, if I, I was going to say that Nehmet probably like is staring blankly forward for a little bit, and then like looks up because he remembers standing on the ship with the other dragon lords and seeing the the like beaches of Thylia for the first time and like the the shimmering water and then he kind of looks down and um looks really uncomfortable and then walks out of the room Ato recalls when he was uh being trained in the in the camps to be a soldier his his friend uh Bemus playing a a prank on one of their commanding officers and he like loosened some some bolts on a uh, a bench so that when the officer sat down it collapsed under him and caused his soup to fall in his lap. Ato <laughs> will also like I don't know, you, you can't see his face under the helmet, but he'll also kind of hang his head. <laughs> Was he eating with the helmet on? He's not eating. He's been sparring with the kid and listening to the. Oh, that's right. No, the helmet has like the kind of like T cross, so you can see like you can just barely make out like eyes and like the bridge of his nose. And he usually just eats like scraps of bread. Ari remembers the first time her mother took her into the city. She made friends with all the kids because she convinced the the uh, candy store clerk that everything was free. All the sweets are free. Oh my god. <laughs> so I do have a quick question. What did you say that Vlagia's song was about? Oh, about traveling by the stars across unknown seas. I'd, I'd like to speak up about that. Ilva just says, where, where have you heard that tale before? Oh, there's a, a long tradition of Traveling across the ocean in Thylia, I'm sure you'll get an opportunity in the future to sail the seas by the stars to, with only the stars to guide you. I I see. And she just sort of like sinks back into her chair a little bit. So the day, the night continues onward. You sit and drink a little bit longer. I guess some of you sit and drink. I does Nehmet stay outside off most of the night or no? I mean, he kind of just like goes for a walk to to sit with that memory and probably comes back in a little bit. Maybe he just he just needed to be by himself for a sec. As you decide to come back, you see along the road there's a man with a donkey pulling a small cart behind it, kind of hurrying quickly along the road and he kind of looks up, sees you and sees behind you the house in the distance and kind of comes up to greet you. It's like, hello, friend, is that your abode back there? Uh, We are just traveling. We are staying here the night. Ah, do you think there's room for one more? When you're out there, you can feel that even at night, the winds are rougher than before, and it's still kind of a hot, dry wind that blows through the air. I am in dire need of some shelter. I don't have the right to invite people into other people's homes, but they've they've taken us in, so I don't see why they wouldn't be able to take in one more. Come with me. 
Ah. Uh, Tell me, what is your thank name? Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm Pavlos. Pavlos. I'm heading into Astoria, and he kind of gestures to the cart. You can see there's lots of bottles of wine that he's carrying with him. I'm coming for the festival. And then you kind of walk back to the house. Uh, and then the family invites him in. He offers uh, a bottle of wine or two to kind of share amongst all of you. And if any of you wish to like stay up a little bit later, I'm assuming one of you, <coughs> Eto, falls asleep early. Uh, he actually heads out like earlier than than normal. He'll he'll leave and go outside, set up his bedroll, all that. Pavlos kind of mentions that like the making small talk with the family. It's like, oh yeah, wine sales are going well, but <laughs> unfortunately, I'm sure you know there's been problems with the harvest with Sidon's drought. It's cursing us all. Hopefully the king in Astoria can fix it. But I don't hold out hope for that. Anyone else want to say anything, or is everyone just going to go to sleep? Before before Ato uh, goes outside, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop him and say, Why, it, it's pretty windy outside. Why don't, you stay, why don't you stay inside this night? That's not necessary. If, if I don't keep up with my routines, I may fall behind very well obviously nausicaa is a uh a medusa Ito isn't going to meet her eyes but doesn't yeah. really look up at her much okay nehmet probably lingers a bit to write and if he sees ilva he'll go over to her um and he says i don't remember where i came from before but it seems that you also are a traveler from far away. Perhaps we can comfort each other in this way on this journey. Perhaps. Would you tell me what you remember of your home? Mm. I don't mean to pry. I, I just, there are gaps in my memory and it's difficult to, to place. I... Do not think that we come from the same place, friend. <laughs> he looks down at his skin and then yours and he says, Most certainly not. But perhaps if we are both lost, we can find something new here as well. Very well. I come from a place that's far colder than here. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's uh, a little bit hmm, strenuous to keep this up. And she kind of just takes off the wolf cloak and hangs it on the chair behind her. Still keeps, like, all of the leather wraps and that sort of stuff on, and the mask and all that, but takes off the cloak. Hmm. What do you wish to know? I don't know if I have anything particular to ask, but perhaps in time we can talk again. Very well. Uh, before you go. Yes. That was a very nice poem. He smiles. There is one thing that I think I'd like an amendment to, though. Of course. And she just sort of like, you can't really see behind the mask, but you can see from like her head mo movement, she's sort of like rolling her eyes and seems almost painful for her to say, but she just sort of says, I suppose you're sort of growing on me as well. He fully chuckles, <laughs> which is like the most animated other than in Versi's presence that you've seen him. 
I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> you are you are a fearsome warrior. Well, thank you. I suppose. Good night. He goes off. Sleep well. You both notice Kyra has been kind of watching you in the corner, just like with her hands kind of on her cheeks, like smiling and just like ah, they're getting along. The heroes are meeting each other. <laughs> Almost fangirling about it. Tell me, I'm still fairly new to customs and idioms here, but uh, I've seen this one used a lot, and I think I'm rather a fan if I'm getting it right. I just sort of flip her off. (laughs) (laughs) She flips to a full belly laugh, (laughs) and then, like, waves you goodbye as you go to sleep. (laughs) God. I, uh, before... Uh, I go to bed. I would like to also just sort of leave and maybe go for like a 15 minute walk outside, just sort of enjoying the night sky. Is there anything that you wish to do for that to just have a walk about? I will. Sure. I'll, uh, I'll look up and say kind of under my breath, just quietly. I know we only knew each other for maybe a few hours or so, but Tanius, Javan, if you're up there, let me know if you see any of mine. I probably wait for like maybe a minute or two, see if I get a response. The largest star, the Golden Heart, seems to flicker a little bit in the sky. Thank you. Thank you. She just goes back inside at that point. I was going to ask if you were, like, near where Atoa set up his tent. If you walked by him at all? Probably, yeah. Okay, I'm going to take some liberties here as a player who also DMs. Uh, what's your passive perception? <laughs> uh, 16. 16? Yeah. Um, as you pass by Ato's tent, again, he, he left pretty early in the night, like, earlier than he has in the past. Um, he's already in the tent, done with his keta. As you pass by, you can... Just barely here inside the tent, very soft crying. Oh, all right. But you already decided to go inside, so ha. Yep. <laughs> that's a that's a conversation for another night. All right, everyone falls asleep. However, your sleep is not entirely peaceful. Nefmet's really is. I didn't want to like make it too big of a thing because I know long rests are important. But I would say Nefmet like has a lot of trouble sleeping, like getting to sleep and staying asleep. He's very restless. As you start to fade into dreams, you hear a woman's voice emanating from the darkness around you. So, your great quest begins. Off to become heroes, are you? You mortals are so very proud. A light shines through the dark, illuminating a sad and pathetic figure of an old man who has been hogtied to a stake. Look at this one. He's falling to pieces, joints stiff, skin slack, teeth gone. The life is practically dripping out of him. Inky black shadows start to fall across the old man. He flinches and squirms, panicking as something draws closer, something you cannot see. Yes, his sad mortal life is leaking away. But I wonder what will happen to his soul. 
The old man thrashes against his restraints, screaming into his gag as a butcher's knife of black shadow descends. However, right before it's about to strike, a brilliant shining light interrupts the dream, and you hear a different woman's voice, almost more defiant. It says, no, not this one. And the darkness is dispelled, and you wake from your dream. Do we all have that dream? All of you would experience that in some form. Likely, Ariel's would be almost from a... It's more muted for Ariel. Like, you don't feel the intense emotions that you that anyone else has. Like, for everyone else, it felt like you were there, kind of standing, like in the, you know, the upside down, kind of like just that flat plane of black with like a reflective mirror. It's like that. But Ariel's, you're almost like looking at it through a clouded, fogged mirror. It's separated from you. It doesn't have nearly the same effect that it would have on anyone else. Interesting. I feel like some of your sleeps were not the greatest. Uh, Kyra does not wake any of you up with cold water or by throwing your traveling clothes on your head, but she's waiting downstairs for you guys when you all when you wake up and leave. Do you all head downstairs? Yes. I mean, okay. You're... <laughs> I, I ignore you. You, I feel like you're just running laps around the house right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also gonna go on like a morning jog and do like my morning exercises. Both of you wake up at the same time as Heracles, uh, and he's out in the field starting to work. And you see him kind of. You see his oldest daughter with him, Karina, and she has a couple other friends with her who appear to have arrived early in the morning. And he kind of wishes them off, and they kind of run down the road back the way you came. And he kind of like says, be back before sundown and wishes them well and kind of like sees you two as you are doing your morning routines and like waves at you as he does his work. After I finish running through my keta, if there's still time before like normal people eat, I'll probably go down and offer my help to Pericles tending to the field. He gladly accepts your assistance. You both I'm assuming you work in silence, but he he's gladly works uh, alongside you. Yeah, I don't like start up any small talk or anything. I'm just trying to show my appreciation for letting him letting us uh, stay there, mm-hmm. even though he's I very know. grateful. Oil wakes up when breakfast is ready. <laughs> That's <laughs> an improvement. <laughs> that is an improvement. Character development, hell yeah! No <laughs> <laughs> fantasy coffee. <laughs> Hot morning brown, hot brown morning potion. Yes, brown, hot brown, brown morning potion. There's a wonderful breakfast that everyone has. And Kyra wishes the family well and promises to meet again and kind of takes you along the road. Pavlos is joining you for the re- last leg of the journey. It's only like maybe an hour and a half to the city, but it's quite close as you travel along. He's kind of like making small talk to anyone who will put up with him. He's the kind who doesn't like silence to go ever. <laughs> so after a fashion of that, Nehmet pulls out his lyre, looks at Pavlos and says, perhaps this will fill the silence enough for you. <laughs> and, just starts to pl- and starts to, starts to play a, a walking tune as they go. <laughs> he whistles along to it. Very poorly out of tune. (laughs) 
Eto had taken to kind of walking away ahead of the party because Pablos was talking so much. But when, when he hears that Pablos has stopped talking and Nahmet's liar has picked up, he kind of falls back and starts walking with the party again. At some point along this journey, Nasca is going to pull out the lock. <laughs> mm-hmm. The lock? You put it on? Yeah, sure. I'm just going to look at it. Yeah. It yeah. fits well around your neck. Hella. No adjustments needed. Cool. Yeah, so I guess the rest of you, as long as you're not trying to hide this... Uh, no, I'm not. ...see Nausicaa right. pull out from her pocket, like a silver locket with like a small jewel in the middle of it that has like a silver chain and she kind of wraps around her neck and puts it pulls all the snakes just kind of like move up on their own and then they kind of help her tie it behind the neck or like That's clasp cute. it together uh, the snakes are the best are the best thing ever <laughs> they got yeah. they got mentioned in the in the poem as well i'm proud that out of all of the characters, my character is the most boring. <laughs> I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that's how it is. <laughs> also, as the like monstrous race walking around scaring everyone. Yeah. <laughs> she says how good everyone else's character is. So uh, after a couple hours of traveling through the morning in the hot and dry air, you make your way through a couple kind of bends and twists in the road. Uh, as you start to go through some mountains and hills, your road then connects with a, another road and turns north. As you head up, you kind of make your way up on top of a hill, and you can see below you that there's a settlement nestled between the cliffs of a rocky gorge. The north wall of the town is part of a stone fortress and protects the town from any dangers that might come from the steps. Houses, taverns, and shops of all kinds sprawl down from the fortress, filling much of the gorge. You can see in the far distance that there's many soldiers clad in armor that are defending the north wall. Um, but the southern gates are open, and you can see a steady stream of merchants and travelers. The road that runs uh, south from the gates is lined with tile-roofed inns. And this is as you make your way kind of down the hill that the road took and head into the south gate of the city. I'm guessing this is Astoria? Yes. Kyra's about to introduce it, and you say then she's like, a. Uh, Yes, this is Astoria. <laughs> All the grandeur taken out of her sails. <laughs> I just sort of like turn and mutter, just like, from around here. <laughs> As you make your way down to the southern gates, there's many merchants with very similar trappings and travel arrangements as Pablo's with you. Many people with food and wine-laden carts with animals that uh, you can see that as you make your way in. There's a lot of haggling, selling animals off to uh, other merchants, selling food and wine elsewhere. One thing that easiest to notice for you, Ilva, would be that all these animals seem kind of bony and thin, like they're not fed well or are sickly and dying in some way. Hmm. The merchants, well, they don't seem like incredibly sad. They're not kind of generally pleased as they're traveling along the road. Pablo seems to be kind of an exception traveling with you all. You start to enter the city. Is there anything you want to like look around? There's people bustling along the, 
the main road. Before we enter, like, the gates of the city, Nasca's gonna take, like, a real deep breath. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright, here's the map of the city. And you're entering through the south gate, way at the bottom. Have we have seen the Rock of Estor as we're going? As we're passing? Uh, yes, you would, have, you would have passed by it. I'm just wondering if, ne- if Nehmet would be interested to go look over there. Because Estor is a dragon lord. But I'd, I'd say he probably stares at it as they're passing, as they enter the gate. Yeah, you know it's kind of like over to the side, in the shallows of the river, there's a large rock, like it's a pretty large rock jutting out of the shallows. You're a bit far away to notice anything about it, but anyone who's who's been to Astoria, namely Nausicaa and Nausicaa, you know that this is a kind of a small shrine to the Dragon Lord Esther. It's not, it's kind of small, but there's occasional sacrifices that have gone down here. Is there like a statue or does it just look like a, like a shrine? It's a shrine. There's no statue. Just a rock. Okay, so um, as they're passing the shrine, Nehmet kind of looks over to it, you know, gets a feeling because it doesn't outwardly look like anything, but kind of Nehmet feels a drawing to it and he kind of taps Nausicaa. What is that? What is over there on the rock? Uh, I'm just going to say basically just what Sam said. Yeah, and so he'll be like, I would like to go there eventually. Perhaps not now, but before we leave the city. Yeah, we can definitely make time to get there. What can you tell us of, of the city, Nausicaa? I wasn't really here for all too much. I was I was only here for like a, for a tournament. But what else? What, what all would I know about? You would well? know kind of generally where everything is. So you, you would be able to lay out this map for people if you... Okay. If anyone asked. Um, yeah. Like, you know where the King's Palace is. You know where Vulcan's Hall is. You weren't, yeah, you weren't there for very long, but... It's also, you know, been a few years since I've been here. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, you, know, you basically would know where any, everything is. But Nausicaa's not, like, raving about how they're really mean to their guests, or, like, they have the best fantasy steakhouses in Thylea or <laughs> no like feelings about the, the city, just the map. I mean Nasco would have pretty fond memories of this place. Yeah. Most likely. Is this the tournament where you won that bow? It is, in fact. Good times. <laughs> Nasco's gonna like just kinda like look up. Good times. <laughs> and one of the five gave it to you. That is correct. Vulcan made it for me. It's pretty neat. Interesting. So shortly after you make your way through the, like you're in the living quarters area as you enter, and you make your way to the Agora, the streets are bustling in the central area. There's a motley assortment of stalls that litter the area from canopies, and they sell things from canopies of fresh silk to stacks of uh, rotted wooden, I guess they don't sell the crates. They sell things in the crates. The merchants eagerly vie for your attention some of which seem impressive at reasonable price, some uh, not so much, some that are obscenely priced for shoddy quality, because it's only one or the other. <laughs> but you're not able to spend a lot of time 
the crowd parts ways as uh, six armed hoplites kind of intercept your path in the city. One of them kind of leads forward and greets you and says, Welcome to the city of Astoria. I would like to invite you to the king's palace. He wished to speak with you immediately, heroes of the prophecy. What does Ita know about Astoria, having never been here personally? I mean, I, he knows of the king. You, yeah, you would know the king is famed to be the legendary god of battle, Pythor. Outside of that, you haven't heard too much. It's got a reasonable reputation of having defended from the monstrous forces from the north often the detachment of guards at the north gate is testament to their continued defense of the city so hypothetically this city has two of the five in it according to nausicaa and i mean just about everybody knows that pythor is very open about being king and has been king for like 200 years so he's obviously a god but there's some kind of whispers that you've heard as you're passing by, like some merchants are like whispering about like, uh, the drunken king up in his palace, not doing any of the work while his daughter does everything for him sort of mentality. Like, they don't seem to like him as a king. <laughs> well, okay. So Nehmet has heard so many stories about these gods, but the the people of Thylia don't see them as gods? Some of them recognize who is a god. Like, they don't exude godly, like, aura. And some of them don't outwardly suggest that they are gods themselves. And sometimes they're just not believed to be gods. They're not, like, four or five meter tall gods like in a Monket who, like, are very obviously gods. But they're immortal. Correct. Well, as far as you know, Pythor has not seemed to age in the 500 years. I say we head to the, the king's palace. Yeah. Join the guards. I'm eager to meet with yeah. this Pythor. Very well. Let the god of thunder and pie.